it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast, episode number six. I said number six last episode as well. <laughs> this time, I promise, with Brian Robin, Michael Pina, I'm Rich Levine. And guys, we're recording on a Tuesday. The NBA playoffs are only three days old, and the Celtics are only one of four teams still holding on to a home court advantage. How about that, huh? Amazing. <laughs> in today's episode, we'll look back on Sunday's Game 1 win over the Pacers and introduce a new segment here on the podcast. We'll look ahead to Wednesday night's game two. We'll also ask you to subscribe to us on iTunes. And guys, where, where else? So iTunes, where else can, can they subscribe to the, the Winning Plays podcast? Pretty much wherever you can get podcasts right now. I think we're... Wherever wherever podcasts are sold? Wherever podcasts are sold. So um, just search Winning Plays and you, you'll get us. What's right, crazy cool about up. us is we're the only free one. So Yes, exactly. <laughs> It's like banks that offer free checking. Still, like exactly. that's like still like an, something that's. Uh, anyways, also, also give us review, a, review us too. Yeah, review us five stars. We'll, we'll, we'll take four stars as well. Four and five stars reviews. Also, give us a follow on our new Twitter page, new Twitter account. It's at Winning Plays Pod. And uh, guys, it's very early. I mean, we we haven't even sent our first tweet out there yet. We only have four followers. Uh, I have no idea how this happened, but one of our four followers is former Celtic AC Earl. Wow. Is, that, even, is that really him? I'm not joking. We have four followers. B Rob doesn't even follow us yet. It's me, I'm, I'm thinking about Mike, it. Nick Gelso from CLNS. Thank you to CLNS for sponsoring uh, or for hosting this podcast. Uh, it's been great working with them. But uh, number four is is first round pick AC Earl. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to investigate further. We're going to have to get him on the podcast. Clearly, obviously, and maybe one day B Rob will follow. I don't know. <laughs> We'll see how this goes today. Well, I'm waiting for the first tweet. I'm waiting for the first tweet to see if it's going to be good. We have to talk about that. We should start brainstorming. Should we, uh, should we introduce the Winnies? Rich, this is all your idea. This is your baby. So, uh... Well, it's, it's basically just a ripoff of the Tommy Award. Sure. But in, in, in honor of, of the Winning Plays podcast, the name change, in honor of Marcus Smart, unfortunately, being out for this first round, we said at the end of every game, just as a quick wrap-up, we'll give out the Winnie Award. Who best, em- who best embodied the winning play spirit? Who made Marcus Smart the proudest? Um, game one, not a, a particularly aesthetically pleasing game. Celtics got it done. Uh, Mike, do you want to start with your, with your winning award winner? Sure. I mean, my initial winning award winner for, for Sunday was Tiger Woods, but this is not a golf or master's podcast, so I can't talk about that for too long. Um, but you just did. I know. I had to mention it. It's too, It's remarkable. Um, it'll never get old. But my Winnie no, for... No one thinks he might be on steroids? 
Oh, Jesus, I can't do this right now. Okay, but my, my 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 winning from game one is is Jalen Brown, um, which is kind of fitting because he slid into Marcus Smart's uh, spot in the starting lineup. Uh, I just thought that his. I mean, he only had two points, which is also just like a typical Tommy Ward winner, just someone who does not fill up the box score at all in any impressive way. But I really liked how, how hard Jalen played. Uh, you know, his his defensive assignment for most of the contest was uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, who was the big, I mean, he's the, the primary scorer, I would say right now, uh, that Indiana has. Uh, so a quick stat from that, uh, he defended him from for 31 possessions, and Bogdanovich only scored two points with Jalen Brown on him. So that's a pretty impressive showing. Man. 20, 25% from the field. What would you think on, of the shove in the back? Possessions. Like, Loved it. Would you? Yeah, what, what do you think that was about? Uh, I mean, that's just, that's, that's, that's Marcus Smart. When you talk about who's going to step in for Marcus Smart, that was the most Marcus Smart play of the night. Yeah, it was great. Um, Tatum almost got injured, which would have been a disaster. Uh, yeah, but uh, I love I love when Jalen plays with fire because he's. I mean, would you say he's mo- easily the most athletic player on the Celtics? Like, yeah, yeah. So I mean. When he just is able to unleash uh, and channel that athleticism, I, I'm not talking about the shove particularly, but play with playing with fire, playing with emotion, playing engaged. We've talked about uh, you know his kind of on and off lackadaisical mindset throughout the regular season. Uh, he was he was locked in for. Mo- I mean, he has happy feet at certain points, and there were some possessions where he got lost on misdirections, but for the most part, like. I was very impressed with his focus. Yeah, I would. I think that was a clear cut choice to start, and he did his job, like in the two spot, and so it's going to stay there. No further notice. Um, my winnie is going to go to uh, good old Marcus Morris. Yeah, I knew it. I knew I'm it. You, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I wasn't sure. I'm glad you did it. Oh, yeah, I, no, I knew I, it. I mean, what do you mean you knew it? I knew it. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> listen, Marcus Morris. Um, the Celtics would have been down by 20 points in the first half without Marcus Morris. I mean, 15 of his 20 points before the break. And I think that the biggest thing for, for me with him, for as bad as he's been in the second half of the year, all his shots came within the flow. Like, they were open threes, they were driving in, and I think the biggest thing, uh, a season-high nine free throw attempts. He actually attacked against mismatches, against closeouts, got to the line, Again, he missed a bunch of open jumpers, too. It wasn't, like, a great shooting night in the second half. But whatever. Like, they, given how bad this team looked in the first half, like, they would have been in big trouble without him. No, that, the foul shooting, that's a, that's a, that's a great stat. That, that's what this team in general has been missing so much. And not to mention, you know, we, we were all ready to, to, you know, to hand Gordon Hayward back his, his former, you know, life every single night. He, you know, he, that was a, maybe he needs to get adjusted again to the playoffs, but you didn't have Gordon. And Marcus stepped up, you know. So that's just uh, well deserved. I'm, to break the tie, I, I got to go with Jalen too. And maybe it was the show. He just like that really was the so the, the one thing. Jalen was minus three for the night. It's kind of hard to give a winning up from. from yeah, minus I was. Three, right? I'm, I'm kind of surprised by this going to Jalen right now, but um, you know, I might pull a beer up and 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 and, and, yeah. and, and, and switch it up. The last, you know what. Just because we were so horrible to Marcus Morris for the last couple of months, I feel like the playoffs could just end up being like microcosm of the season, right? Like this is this is the first month 
in game one. Marcus Moore steps up. Gordon needs to get ready. And uh, by the next series, let's say, hopefully Gordon will be ready to, to take the torch. Uh, so first winning award, Mook. Congratulations. Mm. We need some sound effects. I think we should. I think that that's the, the end of the winnies if Marcus Morris is going to get the first one. But I don't. I, I guess I'm being Man, you can't. Here. You, yeah. do, do you, you watched to, the game, right? I did to, watch the game. To, to win, I think to win a winnie, you have to have. I mean, we're winning plays podcast. If Jalen Brown is a minus three and Marcus Morris is a plus 15, then I think that's like a tiebreaker. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, but the. The show was just so mar. It was almost like Marcus had, had like taken over his body, like Whoopi and Ghost. What a reference! I know. What a I, reference! I, I, was, I was halfway through it. I'm like, how old is the fucking movie? <laughs> um, so what, how about the Luzies? You want let's, let's switch to the who is your like V Rob? Start up. Who like let, let's let's the the, the anti Winnie? Who do you think last night or not even last night Sunday game one? Who? Uh, it's there's, there's so many so many names to choose from. I'm just gonna go. I don't want to go with this, but like, like Nate McMillan. Oh, I, I I don't like. Here's here's what I what happened. That I didn't like. I didn't like the fact the Celtics. I feel like laid bait for him by putting Kyrie on Wesley Matthews, and I feel like Wesley Matthews is just not that good of a player anymore, and the Pacers. Again, didn't run a ton of pick and roll. Instead, they tried to do post-ups and like feature a lot of Matthews. And obviously, that did not go well. Again, the whole, like, the Pacers were a dumpster fire. But it was not, uh, that was, it was, I was not encouraged by Nate McMillan on game one. <laughs> so he gets, he gets a team, Lucy. That, can we, can we discuss this a little bit more? Yeah, um, sure. I mean, is that, is that why the Pacers lost the game? No, I mean, they lost the game because they missed 67% of their shots. Yes, <laughs> yes, so like, exactly. So, like, I can't give it to the whole, like, I can give it to eight different players, but, like, I do also, you know, I don't. I didn't like their game plan. But we, we said before, that bef- we, in the podcast before, if, if the Pacers run through West Matthews against Kyrie, that's a win for the Celtics. Exactly, and they took the bait. They yeah. took the bait. Well, so, I mean, the reasons why you do it are... I kind of, I get why you do it, right? Like, you want to make Kyrie exert energy, maybe get him in foul trouble, um, make him work. There's, you know, you can draw help, maybe, but the Celtics obviously weren't helping in those situations. Um, I I don't think they'll go to it that often in game two. I understood why they did it in game one. It obviously did not work, but uh, yeah, that's not why they lost, but... But is Wes Matthews their worst offensive starter, would you say, Mike? Darren Collison starts, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd take Collison taking more shots. Than, I mean, not jumpers. If you're looking for a spot-up shooter, yeah, you want Wes. Yeah, but you like, want Wes. But like, if you're running, like they didn't run like any pick and roll, I feel like. And that was, again, because they were going through Wes in the posts or like pin downs and crap. And I think, like, I don't know, I thought that was pretty dumb. Mm. Who's your losing, Mike? My Luzi is. Uh, Can we trademark Luzi? <laughs> That's too genius not to already be trademarked. It probably is. Um, my Luzi is uh, Miles Turner, and this kind of like I don't know whose fault it was, but 
you just talked about how B Rob, you just talked about uh, you know, the the lack of pick and roll. The first play of the game was a pick and pop jumper by Miles Turner, a long two, um, that went in and mm-hmm. we never saw that again for the rest of the game. <laughs> uh, I looked at all of his shots this morning. So whose fault is that? Though? I, I was gonna Why say that might be team B Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't yeah. they running pick and rolls, Mike? Yeah, well, I'm not the coach of the team. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I, I there's Miles Turner. Yeah, I will say another reason why you want to do those post ups is like you can't play fast against the Celtics. You'd get destroyed. They like the pace of the game was just like it was. It was like one of the slowest games of the entire season. And I, I guess going into the post, like you could have played Sabonis a lot more. I guess um, I, that's another thing. Maybe we'll talk about when we when we discuss potential adjustments for game two. But but yeah. Anyway, Miles Turner, um, he just didn't have an imprint on the game really. Uh, and I guess offensively. As a role man and a pop guy who can shoot, who can space, he's valuable. Um, you know, defensively, he was kind of active here and there, but I think he had a little bit of trouble with with uh, with Al Horford. And uh, when Boston went small, it was it was uh, you know he struggled. And then uh, we talked earlier about or in the last episode about Sabonis and Turner playing together and. Um, and uh, how the Celtics would combat that small. And, and I, I, I don't know. I just think that Turner did not play as well as they need him to, especially if he's going to be making $20 million a year uh, for the next three seasons. Yeah, I, I forget what your exact quote was. At some point you, you said that he just didn't make his, his impact on the game. Like that, that's like, he just didn't feel like Miles Turner was there. No. Um, my Luzi is more of a, a conceptual Luzi. Or I, don't, I, I, more, I don't know who's in charge of making this decision. Um, and if the, the ghost reference didn't make me sound old, this definitely will. But the, the Celtics should wear white jerseys at home in the playoffs. Mm. I, that, that was, I, I found that off-putting in game one. Yeah, I don't know who makes the calls on that. But, Nike? Uh, <laughs> probably. Um, wait, I, I'm blanking because all I see is, is Tiger Red in my head right now. <laughs> um, what, what, what color jerseys did they wear? I think... They, they were black. black, I believe. Yes, yeah. they were the black and. And the Pacers were wearing white. I don't know. It was just. Yeah, that's kind of gross. It was. Yeah, the Celtics didn't wear the the home whites nearly enough at home this year. I feel like though. This is the playoffs. Kick off the playoffs in the home whites. Right. That's how I feel. I like green. I think that they should just wear the green jerseys in every game, and I don't understand why that doesn't happen. But that's just my take. I like that too. Yeah, they got to um, sell that apparel. Mm. Hey, do, do you guys remember uh, last episode? I think in defense of Terry Rozier. I made the comment, what would happen if someone invested a million dollars in this podcast? I do. So, like, we recorded that, and shortly thereafter received an email from one of the sales guys at CLNS with some details on our first sponsor. Oh! How about that? BetOnline.ag. Rich, what is (laughs) BetOnline.ag? You're making it sound like you're reading a script. We didn't even No, no, there's obviously no script. (laughs) No, but like betonline.ag, it's a, uh, it's a gambling site. They have all the odds, all the sport. You can bet on darts. You can bet on handball if you want. They have a section where you can uh, check out all the experts' picks and get all kinds of advice. In-game live betting, which is a great way to hedge previous bets if you're into that sort of thing. B-Rob, I checked for you. There's a virtual casino with craps. Mm. I don't know <laughs> he's, if Kenneth, he's very I excited. If, I don't know if Kenneth Fareed has, uh, 
has an account. I'll but, make sure uh, I'm not, not going to be at his table. We'll vir- see that <laughs> virtual crafts at butonline.ag. And I like what I like most is the uh, they got a lot of player props on there. So for uh, for game one, I made two bets. You ready? Let's hear. Uh, five to one odds, and Mike, you know about my history with this. Five to one odds that Al Horford would have more than ten rebounds. He finished with eleven. I figured he'd been he'd been saving himself for for, for this game one. He wanted to make it make a statement. So eleven, I won five to one on Horford getting eleven rebounds. Also had a four to one bet that Bojan Bogdanovic would have thirty points. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, Jesus, no faith in the winning winner. But here's the thing: my winning winner. If you <laughs> if you win a five to one bet and you lose a four to one bet, you're still up. You know, so it's a good deck. Anyway, betonline.ag is CLNS Media's preferred online sportsbook. So for all our listeners, and this is this is the big part. You ready? If you want to support our podcast, you can go to our uh, our custom URL. It's a uh, clnsmedia.com backslash winning plays. CLNSmedia.com backslash winning plays. And our promo code is CLNS50. And you get 50% sign up bonus. That's CLNS50. That's betonline.ag. And Mike Pina, would you like to uh, open up your game one notebook? You wanna, do you want to empty out your game one notebook? Get back to the, uh, the conversation? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that we, we covered quite a bit about game one in terms of like when we went through the winners and the, the winnies, I'm sorry. I'm it's just, it's still catching on rich. Uh, yeah, the, you know, the it's, winnie- only starting, it's only starting to catch on. Exactly. Uh, the, the winnies and the losies. Um, uh, one note that I, I, I had that I want to mention is Jason Tatum's defense. And I thought it was a really smart move by Brad Stevens to put him on Darren Collison at the start of the game and, and put, Kyrie Irving on West Matthews for those reasons that you discussed, B-Rob, mm-hmm. uh, earlier. Um, you can actually check out an article about this on bostonsportsjournal.com. Ding, ding. Hey! hey. Um, amazing. So, I, like, Tatum was just, he's just so, you, you just see what he can be in moments like this, particularly in the first half where, like, he's just smothering Collison with his length, his quickness, uh... Uh, the way he can uh, shrink the floor off of Collison and just squeeze those driving lanes and force Pacers to shoot. Uh, Kyrie had two steals because uh, because Tatum had deflections on entry passes into the post. Like it, it, it just he played he played great uh, defensively. And uh, as 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 wonderful as Marcus Smart is, you need. If the Celtics are going to advance past the second round, forget about I think that this series is, is already over personally, but if the Celtics are going to advance past the second round without Marcus Smart, they need everyone, including Jason Tatum, to have defensive performances like the one that he had in game one. Yeah, he needs to be. That is, and I think a huge part of that too, Mike, is going back to the big starting five. Because the defensive numbers for Tatum since they've gone back to that group have been very good. And I think it gets him into a more, you know, he doesn't have to fight with big guys down low. He's got better people backing him up behind him. So maybe he can, feels like he can be a little more aggressive um, when he has to guard, you know, guard type players. But yeah, there's no question Tatum has to be, you know, above average defensively for this team to have a shot um, to get past the Bucks. As you say that, B Rob, what uh, 
<laughs> and then you and you kind of had the I think the big tweet about this. But so what what was going on with with Baines? Like what what was that injury during the game? Can you give us a little bit more insight on that? I think he just took a shot from Tyreek Evans. Um, I don't know if it was to his leg or was that was the all, was that all of Australia? That's that what I was all of Australia, and he went. We We're not all of Australia, it. but uh, the, one of the two gulfs of Australia. Yeah. So, <laughs> I it, that would be my guess because they let him back into the game, and I don't think he gets back into the game if it's like any kind of a concern. But he wouldn't even he wouldn't even touch it after the game. He would, you know, he's like, "What? I was it looked like I was in pain. I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> um, it, it did seem like he almost got hurt like three or four different times. That's the only thing that worries me so much. Just we saw it all year because he plays so hard. Yeah. You know, what, what, how many guys his size, you know, he almost like, it was one play, was it the play that he took the charge or tried to take the charge that he ended up getting hurt? Yes. Yeah, I mean, he almost like, a seven-footer almost like left his feet to sort of throw his body in front of this and like, and wasn't necessarily that graceful about his landing. That's like one of those things you're just like, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I love it and that's part of what makes Baines Baines, but we need you. I don't know, we, I mean, they, they, the, Celtics, the Celtics need him. You know, you, you have to, you know, sometimes in the heat of battle, you got to take a step back and think about what happens next, you know? Just, that's his DNA. He, like, that's the only way he plays. How many charges did he, well, they weren't charges, they were fouls, but. <laughs> he committed, I think, three offensive fouls on the moving. The screens, screens yeah. yeah. But he also hit his ass trying to take charges, like, two or three times. I think one was actually a charge. I'm not positive going off my head, but. I thought he played pretty good game. I, the the one thing about Baines, I re- I really wish he could time his jumps on r- offensive rebounds better. I feel like he jumps and the ball is still going up in the air off the rim, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what what's what are you looking at? What's going on here? But um, the anti time lord, exactly. <laughs> Who deserves some love uh, back when he said that? I agree that Jalen's probably the most like complete athlete, but pure athlete. He might be in the running. Mm, yeah. Um, well, what did you guys think about Kyrie in this game? I thought he took some garbage shots in the first half. <laughs> and then he was a lot better in the, in the second half. And I thought his defense was pretty good all day long. He had a couple, like, you know, effort slash getting burned type plays early on. But then cleaned that up. And, yeah, so, I mean, to survive a game like that from him, and win by double digits, I think it's pretty big. Yeah, it was generally generally ugly first playoff game. Um, but he, he he had his moments. You know, he had a few spurts where he felt like this is Kyrie Irving making sure the Celtics don't don't lose this game. I felt that a few times. He had that look. He sort of he had. I I, thought, I felt like he was the leader. He was he was the guy you wanted him to be out there. He he even embodied a little bit of what about uh, what Marcus sort of leaves when he's gone. Yeah, I mean, everyone was good in the second half, I feel like, before garbage time minutes. Like, they were up by – they, the Pacers went on a 12-0 run to finish the game, and the Celtics still won by 10 points. So it's like from – you know, he was just as big at, in, the, as a, in the defense performance in the first 18 minutes of the half as anyone else, I feel like. Talk about it, gam- gambling standpoint, by the way. That was terrifying. That what was the spread? Seven and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah, that got and, So there was – I think – was there a last-second heave? For someone on the Pacers, I think there's an opportunity for one. I don't know if he threw it. Right, yeah, it was that would have been an all-time, all-time loss. Um, yeah, I liked, I liked Kyrie's game overall. Um, 
thought he moved the ball around. I I don't I I just I almost can't take call his any of his shots garbage. I'm I'm almost fine with everything that he shoots. B Rob, to be honest, like he had that one baseline turnaround. I think it was over Matthews. Uh, it was like short baseline turnaround that was like so perfectly contested. And somehow didn't even hit the rim. It went. It just like fell through the net. It's just like this guy is ri- a ridiculous talent. And and yeah. Um, uh, so I mean, the sh- the shooting numbers are not ideal, and he only finished with twenty. But I was I was fine with his performance. And I think afterwards he talked about how it was good to get kind of a feel out game out of the way. Um, so I, I'm expecting bigger and better out of him going forward. It's weird to see him shoot six from 17 from the field on a night that he shoots 40% from three-point line. Mm, yeah. yeah, too many long twos. Make those twos threes if you're going to take them. <clears throat> That's funny. I remember I was, while watching the game, I was thinking that I was, I was happy with Horford's aggressiveness, I thought, on offense. I thought he was looking for a shot. Maybe or, or just, just seemed to be a little bit more intense about it. And now I'm looking at the box score now, and Hayward, Mook, Kyrie and Tatum. So Al was fifth on the team in shot attempts still. Yeah, that's that's the biggest adjustment for game two that I want to see. Um, that tends too low, especially when you saw what he did to Thad Young in the post in like the third quarter. Um, like, this is what you save Al all year long for. I mean, Turner, if you have Baines out there, that means Turner can't guard him down low or shouldn't be guarding him down low. So... Let Al give Al space. Let him go to work. He'll make the right play. I think that's going to be my guess. Is that's going to be priority number one out of the gate. Yeah, it's it, Terry Rozier's usage was higher than Al Horford's in this game, which is I, uh, that's so shocking. It's just very, very interesting. <laughs> he, only, he, only hit, he only hit one shot, but that was that was that was a, a nice shot to hit in game did, one of the playoffs. Sure. Yeah. Did you guys see Gordon Hayward on that shot? By the way. Was yeah, he was pit, throwing his hands in the air as the shot is going up. Like, what the hell are you doing? No, no, no. He was throwing his hands up because there was no foul. There was no whistle. He was fouled. You thought he got fouled on the play? Yeah, he got slapped on the hand going up. That's why he had to double pump. Ooh, interesting. Wow. All right, we, 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 that we, makes more sense to... actually because I was like, no, Gordon. Gordon was I, he. He threw his. You know, he did. He threw his hands up. Like, what the hell is going on? You're and right. Then he, he looked at the ref. The ref had his hand up like he wasn't going to signal a foul. So the ball was in the air, and Gordon was like, what the hell? He should be going to the line, and then the ball went in, went yeah, in the basket. That makes yeah. more sense then, because yeah. I was like, the timing of it was very confusing to me. Yeah, you, could tell, you could tell he was really fouled, because that was Terry's first reaction. He didn't even celebrate. Yeah, he was like, pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lying, you know, that's not your first thought. Um, yeah, I watched it in slow mo uh, the next day because again I was watching I was watching Tiger. Did you guys hear that Tiger Woods won the Masters? <laughs> um, I was <laughs> so so, so I, I watched it in slow mo slow motion yesterday morning. But, yeah, he was fouled. Um, so I guess I, I mean it's, there's really nothing else to say about Game One. The Celtics won. Um, I thought real quick going forward, uh, some takeaways like. Boston's effective field goal percentage in that game was about the same. I don't know if you guys saw the Pistons versus the Bucks, but um, like, no, I don't blame you if you missed that one. Uh, Wait, so, you're telling me you didn't watch the Celtics Pacers live, and then you watched Bucks? I hey, there was I don't I don't control I don't control the weather in Georgia. Like I, that, they had to go out early. What do you want me to do? There's DVR, Mike. Could have mm. watched. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I do regret the Celtics. I do not regret this decision. Um, anywho, By the so way, the, P- the Pistons are definitely worse than the Pacers now. I thought the Pacers were going to be the worst team in the Eastern Conference, but without Blake, well, if, I mean, yeah, Blake. They don't have Blake. It's yeah. It's, yeah. it's a tire fire. That's it is done. so bad. Um, got ejected in Game One. He's, he's this is out. good. The Bucks are not going to be tested at all. I think that's good news for the Celtics. I like you that. know what's interesting that you say that I I specifically talked with david griffin about this in my interview with him which is up at spnation.com great interview mike thank you thank you thank you um and his take was that the bucks their goal right now should be to they like it's a great matchup for them because like they can just annihilate the pistons and have less tape on them going forward which i've never even like considered that really i mean it makes a lot of sense um like the Celtics would want more, uh, like a, a, a larger sample to see what the the Bucks would do in different situations and that in in a playoff setting. And now they're not going to get that probably. Um, but I the guess this, that, re- the re- same re- could. No, go ahead, Rich. I say the fact that Griffin said that makes me think even more that Brad's been holding on to this death lineup to unleash in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, and, and I was about to say the same thing can apply to the Celtics, where the Celtics should, as poorly as they shot in game one, I just, the talent disparity is, is like, mind-numbing. Uh, like, I just <laughs> don't know how, like, look, the Celtics have been up and down trick-or-treat this season, but they shouldn't lose a game in this series they just shouldn't do you guys what are your guys thoughts on the sweep is that too dramatic based on what you saw in game one yeah i mean i don't i'm like i my prediction was celtics and five before and i'm sticking with that like yeah indy will you know they'll the Celtics will have a bad shooting night in indy and they'll lose like a ge- just a gentleman sweep situation yeah gentleman sweep yeah because i mean because you look at uh like clippers golden state right and you're like well you would have said the same thing times you know times ten for that, and especially when they were up thirty in the in the third quarter. So anything's possible. But at the same time, the Pacers don't have Lou Williams. They don't have. I mean, maybe Trez and and Sabonis. I, I don't know, but like they just don't have that guy that. And we thought that that Bojan maybe can do it for a game or two, and maybe you know that's why it could be be Rob could end up being right. That's the one game, but like they just don't have anyone that can do it. I mean, if they hit, for as good as the Celtics defense was, the, the Pacers missed a lot of wide-open jumpers. Sure. So, like, they're going to hit those at home. The Celtics are, you know, generally not, haven't been a good road team all year. So, I mean, one would shock me if they, you know, the Celtics could lose. We could be a 2-2 series just as well. Like, coming back here based on, I don't think that's going to happen, but, like, that's not that wouldn't be a shock to me. Um, Def- definitely reasonable. So, I mean, the Celtics, the Pacers are going to play hard. They're going to play gritty defense. And, yeah, the Celtics are lucky that they don't have, you know, Tyreek Evans and Bogdanovich are, like, their two creators. So, so like, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, on open threes, the Pacers in game one, uh, first of all, that was 28% of all their shots, which is a pretty decent number. Um Six for 24 on open threes and four for 15 on wide open ones. So uh, <laughs> not not a great shooting performance by them, but it's really interesting because I remember watching the uh, the regular season game against the Pacers, the second one, when the Celtics went into India, 
Indiana and, and blew them out. And Gordon said after the game, like, we know that they're going to shoot the ball better, blah, blah, blah. We have to tighten things up defensively. Um, I, I just, I, I, I know that everyone on that team is in the NBA and there are some quality shooters there. Doug McDermott went 0 for 5. But I, I just, I look at them and I'm just like, this is kind of what they are. Like, do you guys see any any adjustments that Nate McMillan could make B Rob, I know you mentioned the the Wesley Matthews thing, but is there any, anything else beyond that, or, or is that kind of the focal point for you? Yeah, I mean that's you need you need McDermott, you need guys who can hit shots to hit shots. So like I would say, you know, not going through your worst offensive starter, get back to the pick and roll. Like if they're gonna put Tatum on Collison, like okay, test Tatum then, get him in that pick and roll, and have Collison try to get to the rim, which. He wasn't doing it all. And then, I mean, beyond that, it's just like Sabonis and Turner can't be invincible on offense. Like those guys, I mean, the Celtics played tough on the paint and made life hard for them. But I don't know, it's like those, those you need, you definitely need a double-double for those guys in every game to have a chance. Yeah. And I, I just, I mean, for, I just think they need to get home. <laughs> that, that I don't, I think that tomorrow or, uh, yeah, the Wednesday's game, game two, yeah, I, I don't know what adjustments they can make. I, I don't, I, I don't see it. Cause, but you're looking at the box where I mean, Bogdanovich attempted three three pointers. Turner attempted two. So and Bodine, Bodine's 0 for three from three point land in a game. You just can't. So maybe they just got to come out and just and, and just say fuck it, just start shooting the ball, right? Like, I think I think that's their only chance. They got to come out like right off the top, and I do something to either get the crowd out of here. I I, I don't know. But I think the truth is they just need to get home, and 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 a lot of those guys will play a lot better, and maybe they can steal one. If I were, yeah, I mean that's basically what the Brooklyn Nets did last night: just fire up threes at every single opportunity. Um, that that is that's one way to do it, but that's just kind of like that. That's the Nets' identity. Like that's not what the Pacers are at all. So like, if you're just suddenly, I understand that you need to. You need to change something, but to fundamentally alter your identity in game two of a first round series, like you might just get like completely blown out if that were the case, especially if, you know, if you miss those and then the Celtics can kind of run on you. Um, but Bogdan certainly had an opportunity to shoot more than three, three pointers in, the, in a 35 minute game, 35 minutes of action. You know, I just can't, it can't happen. Sure. Um, for me, one quick thing I'm looking for is the Turner and Sabonis duo. And I, if I were the Pacers, that's that would be a focal point for me just long-term with my organization because you're going to have to pay Sabonis at some point or you might have to trade him this offseason if you don't think that those two can play together. And you know they were all on the court for 11 minutes in Game 1. They averaged, I think, 5.7 or 6.7 together during the regular season. They were minus 12 together in Game 1. They were plus 37 total in the regular season. So um, I don't know. If I were Nate McMillan, I would just lean on that a little bit more. I'm, I'm, I understand how good and, and how important Thad Young is to their defense. But I'm just – I would – I would really lean on those two and see what you have there instead. And, and I know that there's a lot of, a lot of bad things that could happen doing that, especially if the Celtics go small, <clears throat> but uh, that's, that's just kind of what I would look to do and, and set the tone. B-Rob, what's your offer for Sabonis if the Pacers are shopping him this summer? 
Uh, I don't know if I'm making any serious offer for him because I know you're going to be able to pay him anyway. So, um, all right. I'm I'm happy with Baines. I'll take Baines. <laughs> I'm serious. I'll take Baines over. I know, but Sabonis is—they're not just doing it for now. Sabonis, Sabonis is, is a beast, man. He, he is, is, but good. he's going to be expensive. You're going to pay him twenty million dollars a year. He's twenty I mean, years I, old. I would say he's he's worth that for sure. I don't know if the not on the Celtics though. Not on the Celtics. I'll agree with you there. So should we let's uh let's look a little take a quick stroll around the Eastern Conference playoffs. Oh, cool. real quick, real quick, Europe. Yeah. Rep. yeah. Uh, Sabonis attempted. 17 three-pointers this season. How many do you think he hit? Uh, seven. It was nine for 17 mm. for three-point land. Hey, five, Rich, five, Rich, five yeah. Rich, tell me what he shot from the three-point line uh, as a rookie in Oklahoma City. Uh, he was 51 for 159. Mm. For but 32%. I mean, if you're doing that as a rookie, you would think... And then he was 351 the next year, you know? So, but granted, he went down a bunch, but... He certainly yeah. has it in his arsenal. Yeah, that they—I mean, they—they they like intentionally took that out of his game they, when he went to Indiana. And I thought, I mean, he's just so skilled in the post that you don't—it's like it's kind of like Embiid to a lesser extent. But yeah, Embiid's um, not shooting nine of seventeen. No. Um, okay, B Rob, you were saying. Yeah. So I mean, we have two interesting series now in the East. I feel like Brooklyn Philly is tied at one. Orlando shocked everyone. Or did they? Um, and went up 1-0 in game one. <laughs> um, we haven't really talked about either of these series too much. I mean, the Milwaukee series we're not going to even discuss. But what... Uh, I mean, I, I think Brooklyn has a legitimate shot. Orlando... Orlando's so weird because they've... You're like, you want to doubt them, but they also swept the Celtics this year. And they just, like... They can give teams... They have the matchups to give teams trouble. So, I mean, what are your guys' quick thoughts on these and... Are we going to have an upset at all in the first round in these? I love teams that know exactly what they are, and Orlando knows exactly what it is. And they have so much length, so many physical players. Um, you know, when when Terrence Ross is in the game, you know what actions are going to be run for him, and they execute really well. And look... DJ Augustine is not going to play as well as he did in game one as he will in game two or any other game in this series for that matter, I would think. Um, But great win for them. I mean, on the road, I know that Toronto has its troubles and I know Kawhi only played 33 minutes for reasons that I I will never understand. Um, But hats off to them for that win. Hats off to Steve Clifford for not calling timeout at the end of regulation there in a tie game when a lot of coaches would have. I love that. It was amazing. Yeah, I actually got a chance to ask him about that um, uh, over the phone the other day. Are are we going to see an upset, though, Mike, in these two series here? Okay, so... I like to recap, but let's... No, no, yeah, no. (laughs) Hey, yeah, yeah. Respect. Um, No, the Raptors are going to win this series. Uh, I don't know how, in how many games, but they're going to win. They're just too too much too much talent. They should have won game one. Um, they have Kawhi Leonard. And enough said there. Okay, Brooklyn, uh, Philly. What do you got? I like I like the Nets in this series. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I thought that look, 
Embiid, it's it's just I I think a lot of it comes down to Embiid, obviously, um, and his knee. But at the end of the day, I think that Jared Dudley not being healthy enough for that game, and then them basically being like, we're gonna punt this and just save Dudley for the rest of the series, which is my understanding, um, is just like is incredible, uh, and. I think Kenny Atkinson has coached his ass off in this series. I think that Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, D'Angelo Russell, the Sixers don't really have answers for those guys on the on the defensive end. And talking about teams that know their identity, the Nets know their identity, the Sixers sure as hell have no idea what they are. Um, so it would not it would not surprise me at all. I'm going to be covering that series going forward, and I'm really excited too because I think Brooklyn could could upset them. Um, What's the pricing on that series, Rich? Brooklyn, uh, I'm curious about that. I will get it while I tell you guys that I predicted that the Magic would beat the Raptors. For the series or game one? No, not game one. I did say before, before that we had a text message that I thought that they were going to give them some trouble. Mm-hmm. But uh, my, my hot take, I don't even think it's that hot and maybe surprise you guys. I think Philly wins this in five or six. Mm. Oh, I don't think I would be kind of shocked if they lose another game in the series. But I will allow for the fact that they might go six. I I don't trust their the coaching enough there for them to. I think the Sixers are if Embiid can play for the rest of the series, I think they'll win. But it's they're too high variance away in Brooklyn. Like Mike said, they know what they're doing, and I think they have better coaching. So I think that I think that series goes the distance either way. So right now, series series. Prices. Uh, the the Nets are plus one thirty. Phillies minus one fifty. So so yeah. So so for for reference, the Celtics are minus one um, are minus three forty in their in their series right now. That seems low. I would what, think that'd be higher. No, no, for the Celtics, I would think the Celtics would be higher to win the series than just three forty. Um. Yeah. I mean, so the Bucks are are, are minus uh, twenty two hundred. <laughs> the Warriors were like minus what, like ten thousand or something before the series started. So that should be. And what's interesting? So you have the you, have, you got the Celtics at minus three forty right now. The Warriors are just minus three seventy. Wait, really? Yeah. So that puts it a little bit more perspective in terms of like, yeah, the Celtics are still a pretty heavy favorite. Wait, but the Bucks are minus twenty two hundred. Right. The fact yeah. that well, I mean, and the Warriors. Like, wow, that there's is no home, there's no home court no home court advantage anymore. There's no Blake Griffin. I mean, there's a. That's a far sharper drop than I anticipated, though, for the Warriors. I thought they would still be much higher than that. Yeah, that, that was my point, yeah. But if they, and if they win one game, it'll go up higher than it was before. You know, it's but, just, I mean, it's just of... one. I mean, it's just one game. But clearly, the betters didn't like what they were seeing in that one. Say the Rockets were only uh, minus 275. Rockets well, are going to beat the Warriors. But let's get let's stick let's stick to the East here. <laughs> um, what do you, yeah, what I do mean, you, B-Rod, what are your thoughts on you, – you just gave what, – what, any more thoughts on the Nets – Sixer series? No, I mean, that's, I think it's all going to come down to Embiid's health mm-hmm. and where you can stay on the floor. And then, I mean, the Raptors, I think these demons are still there now of like every year we're like, oh, <laughs> it's okay. And then every year it's the same thing at home. So, I how mean, I think is, still gonna... How weird is it that Kawhi played only 33 minutes in that game? It's pretty. I'm Everything. Every, it's, it's par for the course, but yeah, he wasn't their problem. Um, Maybe again, they're just trying to just 
they don't want to overwork him. They want to baby him as much as possible, including the postseason for the long term here. Maybe they feel like maybe that those are conversations that have come place. Been like, I want to be healthy this summer. I tweeted, uh, yeah, I tweeted something semi-similar about Siakam, except the opposite, who he played the whole first quarter, and then he was still on the court in the second quarter, and I was kind of like, what the hell? And uh, Kendrick Perkins, who I hope will someday be a friend of the pod, tweeted at me, and we got in a little back and friendly back and forth about about minutes in the playoffs and how there's absolutely no reason Siakam should ever even come out of the game, which... is incredible um incredible take by perk so in one week you got followed by perk and our podcast got followed by ac earl it's a dream team scenario really yeah. um i uh vin baker to follow you up tomorrow <laughs> vin baker assistant with the he's on the bucks right he's an assistant with the bucks i think so yeah so i just want to real quick let's i think we should close with like two sentences about the bucks since that will be boston's opponent in the in the second round uh did you guys happen to watch game one against the pistons i did no okay so rich anything in there like is there any takeaway that you saw that was just kind of like these guys are a problem because i know you have not been high on milwaukee this season yeah i mean relatively speaking i have respect for them i just i just i would prefer playing them to the raptors um, but I'm, I'm still, I, and I said this last time too, I'm still fascinated by just watching them defend Giannis, just the space that they give him and what he decides to do with it. And I know I mean, a lot of it is just about getting out in, in the open and once, once they get, get running, you can't do it. But I think if you can get them stopped in a half-court set, I don't know. He seems to have a little bit of confusion. But the, the bottom line is I don't really take much because the Pistons are a shell of a NBA basketball team right now. <laughs> You know, at home in the first game of the playoffs, it's just a, a tough time to take much. I, 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 I want to see the first game in Detroit. Then we can talk more about Giannis and the Bucks. But that was a, it was an impressive win. But anything less would have been sort of a disappointment, I think, given the circumstances. Yeah. B-Rub, did you happen to catch, like, any – did you see Giannis's dunk from – I saw, I saw the free throw dunk. Which that was, uh... he clearly took three steps, but I don't want to yeah. tweet that because my mentions will explode. It was clearly right. a full step in front of the free, fro- free throw line. Or not I a full know. step, but like at least a... His foot was in front of the free throw line. Right, but yeah. one of his feet is like five of our feet. Yes, that is true. Um, yeah, no, yeah, but he, he's... Giannis is amazing, but yeah, still. I mean, come on. <laughs> three steps. Yeah, I'll, I'm with you. I'm like, I'm not paying close attention to that series until they play in Detroit and then... I feel like we'll learn more about them for next series purposes. And um, even then, right? And even then, yeah. But well, <laughs> but no. But it's uh, hey, they're uh, like David Griffin said, they're not gonna be, they're not gonna have to show much on tape um, in this series, that's for sure. So, but I, I have confidence that the Celtics have seen enough of them in the last couple of years here, where you know they know what to expect. Um, Real quick, what's your over under for uh, Bojan Bogdanovic game two? Over under seventeen and a half points. Wait, before take? before you answer that, it's Boyan. Oh. Boyan. I, I, so it's a, it's a Tommy. We started talking about Tommy Heinsohn. So as a as a tribute, I'm going to mispronounce every foreign guy's name. Okay. <laughs> just just okay, for you, Boyan Bogdanovich. That is correct. And then and then the guy in the Kings, pronounce that for me. Bogdan. That's just Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah. Okay. What about the number five pick? From the Nuggets, I think, in like 19. Okay, okay. Nikolai, what, what was his last name? I have no idea. P-Rob, you want to take uh, it? I think I, you almost I, said it. 
Yeah, it is uh, just over. That I I haven't even I've stayed away from that name for like 15 years, Rich. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going down that well now. But I'm going to take the over on 17 and a half points for Bogdanovich in Game Two. Um, I think he's going to hit some threes. I think the Pacers will get him in better spots with the ball, and um, yeah, it will be a it'll come down to whether I think it'll be a high volume. 17 and a half over, but uh, in terms of shot attempts, but I think I'll get there. I'm going over too. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the right answer too. I wish I'd set it higher. <laughs> and what's our um, bet of the week here, Rich? For the, I believe it's, looks like. Well, the, the bet of the week is just the fact that, you know, even after last night's loss, and maybe you know, it was overreaction on, our, on my part, but the Warriors are still minus 200 to, uh, to win the NBA Finals, which is a pretty, a pretty, pretty, pretty heavy favorite. And I know, Mike, you've thrown in a couple times, you think the Rockets have a real good chance of beating them this year. And, you know, whether it's the dissension behind the scenes or whatever it is, I, I just wonder how, how susceptible do you think that they are to being beaten this year? The Warriors. Um, I... Look, I watched that game, the 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 blown thirty-one point lead this morning, and it's a little. I mean, their disposition is a little concerning for sure. They're clearly bored. Uh, they clearly do not respect the Los Angeles Clippers, <laughs> and uh, you, you see some guys like uh, you know Draymond is playing his his ass off. Um, Kevin Durant had like a bad game like a, a very very bad game didn't even and shoot the ball no and he it's kind of a trend with him for the past few weeks too which is just odd um and then i think he skimped out on the media is talking to the media after the game too if i'm not mistaken um so look i i think that i, I think they're beatable i do demarcus cousins looks like he's going to be out yeah, for, the, yeah. for the rest of the postseason and um like he killed the rockets the last time they played each other and so uh that's that's problematic i mean you go to the, the, your five men are now kavon looney and and bogut and those guys have played considerably well but i, I don't know i mean I, I think the cousins injuries could be big in, the, in a rocket series um and uh yeah i just i think they're beatable I think Cousins would hurt them more than he helped them in the long run this postseason. So I don't think that's a huge loss. Interesting. Um, I think just defensively, at least against the Celtics, if they ever the Celtics ever got there, like that's literally who the Celtics targeted in the pick and roll every single position they could. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you lose a thirty-one point, it's either going to be a huge wake-up call game two, or um, it's again showing some kind of you know the tension that lies there because clearly the effort wasn't there from guys like Durant and other parts of that team for you need in the postseason. So, yeah, that's a good point. That's what I was thinking too. This could, this could be the thing that just said they might not lose another game. Yeah. They might just like steamroll. Um, but yeah, the Rockets, I I have no doubt that Rockets series will be fun. Um, and that's probably the, the team with the best chance to beat them right now is I, I'd probably given the familiarity is I'd say the Rockets. Yeah, shout out to all our Utah Jazz fan listeners who have just <laughs> burned their cell phones um, in anger after that little conversation. But no disrespect to Utah. All three of them. 
Mm. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that'll do it for now. And we'll be back with you guys uh, on Thursday. So everyone thinks the Celtics are going to are gonna win game two. That's yeah. consensus, right? I would say yes. Yes. Going out on a limb here. BetOnline.ag. <laughs> New sponsor of the Winning Plays podcast. At Winning Plays. Pod, at winning plays pod is the new Twitter account. Everyone can start following that too. We're gonna do Get some on. fun stuff over there. That first tweet should be coming any day now. So oh, stay tuned. Craft. follow it's that ever. before you do. We're in the lab right now, crafting it. All right, we'll get back with you guys for game two reaction and a look ahead to Indiana on Thursday. <laughs>